Welcome to a Cup of Joe and a Show podcast. Uh, this is episode 10. We hit double digits, Kenneth. Oh, can you believe we've actually done 10 episodes? It took us a long time to get here. Oh, yeah. Behind the scenes uh, note, we filmed eight of these in like three days. It's actually really impressive yeah. how much we got done. It's also, it's really impressive how many takes we had of that one. And I'm very tired. Yeah. It's also more impressive that I couldn't even pronounce Alfred Hitchcock. You can now, though. But I can. I'm proud of you. That was good. That was really good. I knew what I was trying to say, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't say it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Mm -hmm. this episode's about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Now, there's a touching realization behind this. Mm -hmm. So this is actually the last episode that I'm recording before I'm heading off to college in a couple days. And uh, Jared thought it would be appropriate to watch the Last Crusade because this was my last crusade for a while. Don't know when I'll be back. I'll be back. We'll try, um, but there's there's no promises. Nick does have to get acquainted to his college life. Yeah, for sure. It's not that I want to leave, but I, you know, I'm feeling called to um, go to college, and if I'm going to spend money on that, then I'd like to uh, make sure that I'm dedicating enough time to that. So I'll definitely try and do my do episodes with you guys still. But it's not uh, not an over. It's not it's not a done thing by any means. I'll be back, but and we'll still be here. Me, Kenny, Jim, Aiden, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And special guests. For sure. For sure. We'll always be here. But anyways, I don't know about you guys, but I've seen this movie probably a handful of times before we watch this tonight. I uh, Did you even say names or anything? No. No, yeah. No, go ahead. You, you started ahead. talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just let you go. Okay. Cool. Anyway, I'm joined uh, on the podcast today with Nick. Yeah, that was me. That was me talking. That's me. I'm Nick. And Jared. Who chose wisely? That was mm. good. Yeah, that's wholesome. Mm-hmm. Very wholesome. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So now, anyways, back, back to what we. Well, it's not me now. Jared, yeah. yeah. Take it away. No. I. Uh, well, yeah. I would like to actually hear from Kenny first on how he knew about any of this movie. Yeah, for sure. Because mine is going to take a while. Let my silence tell you everything. <laughs> So you've never heard of the movie and you never watched it until now. It was the first time that he watched it. It tonight. was the first time I can't confirm that I watched it, but now, I've, but I've heard of the Last Crusade. No, it's okay. not your first exposure to Indiana Jones, though. No, I've right. se- I've seen. Have you seen the other three films? Yes. That's surprising that you saw Crystal Skull before this one. But it's uh, interesting to have a new take on it. Mm-hmm. Not many people can say that they've seen Last Crusade last. Before Dial of Destiny comes out June 30th, 2023. I did it the right way then, right? Correct. Yes. Apparently. It was Correct. the last crusade. Correct. Until. It was my last crusade of the Indiana Jones series. Until June. Until, yeah, until, until new one comes out. If you're, if you're going to watch it. I want to I review it. I don't think you're going to watch it. I want to review it. Um, Any, anyways. Anyway, well. Any, yeah. Anyways, what? Yeah, so, I think that was. So, uh, my <laughs> experience with this movie. <laughs> Why are we laughing? I don't know. Why did you just laugh? <laughs> the whole interaction. <laughs> was funny. <laughs> okay, we're not re- we're not re- we're not gonna restart. So no, we're you're gonna, gonna have continue. to cut this out. 
Why? No, I like it. Just, it was just laughter. It's we fine. left the Al. <laughs> we just, left the Alfred Hitchcock. No, no. I'll cut it. Just, just go ahead. All right, all right, all right. My experience with this film is very special. I've seen this movie probably. I'm not exaggerating. Two hundred, two hundred and fifty times. Is this like your comfort movie? Like if you're sick and you're like, I'm going to watch TV or like, but I don't want to watch a TV show, but I'm going to watch a movie. Is this like the movie you go to? Sometimes. I don't usually ever get sick. I'm not, I don't ever have that issue, but I will put this movie on more times than anything else. Okay. I have um, memorized almost the entire script of this movie. It is majorly impressive, actually. So... And Nick and I can't confirm this. It is he yeah. can he hasn't memorized. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to hold back on talking during the movie, not to infuriate my co-hosts. Infuriate is the wrong word. It's not infuriate. It's more along the lines of <laughs> if you want us to be able to review the movie with you, well, mm-hmm. we need to have the movie experience. Oh, I get it. Know? I get mm-hmm. it. But anyways, anyways. So when I was around seven years old. My dad gave me, brought home the DVDs for the first three movies from the library because uh, Crystal Skull had not come out yet. So he cho- told me, choose one. doesn't have to be in any order. You can just choose whatever. So I choose this one. And it is the best decision I probably ever made in watching these movies because it hit me immediately. It, My love of history and art and storytelling came straight from this movie. Hmm. I can turn it on at any time and not get bored of it. Other movies I've seen so many times, I'm just like, it's okay. I don't have to see it again. Mm-hmm. This I will watch whenever you, anyone says, let's watch it. Yeah, I'll watch it. If it's on TV, I'm watching it. So <clears throat> that's kind of my background with the movie. And I've read the book that's based on this movie, like, 30 times and played the video game especially the train level from the beginning of this movie the lego video game yeah 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 and i can almost like tell you i can even through this movie tell you exactly what when the boat scene i can tell you when exact pieces of wood will fly off the boats Mm. it's it's scary sometimes to think about it it's but an obsession. It, it is. Like I, yeah, this, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, that's my history with it. Yeah, cool. It's definitely, it's interesting to have like, like I've watched it maybe like 10 times my entire life. I really enjoy it. I enjoyed Indiana Jones. And then it's interesting to have the person who fully just watched it like first time ever. And then it's, it's cool to have like the absolute diehard fanatic mm-hmm. who if they were like, we're going to pull this movie from shelves would probably end his own life or something i wouldn't go that far i have seven copies of this on vhs and the 4k blu-ray and the dvd widescreen and full screen what if someone took those from you how would you feel this will really determine if you're obsessed or not i would be broken up beyond repair yeah okay he's obsessed. i have a sealed copy of this on vhs and you said that you were going to open it and that almost made me i weep. said only if we were dedicated and i didn't bring it for that reason yeah well well, it's not see, dedicated. Nick, you don't have to worry about them pulling it from shelves mm-hmm. because Jared pulled it from shelves. <laughs> <laughs> I own every copy in the That's entire true. United That's States. true. The only version of this movie I don't have is on Laserdisc. 
and I've been have been I've been looking. Why would what is that gonna do for you? I don't know. This is almost like an intervention now. Satisfy a need. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even gotten this into the turned, pod yet. Let's turn from a podcast into like Jared, you know what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm fully aware of the problem, but I embrace the problem. Uh, no, it's okay. It's it's cool, man. That you, you you like this movie that much. I'm interested to see your take. So go ahead and give us a. All right. A, we you figured start since, from the beginning. We figured yes, yeah, since since Jared has seen this is gonna obviously gonna be spoilers. hundred so percent spoilers. Hmm? Like you, after this, you don't even have to watch the movie. I don't think. Take us on a magical walk through the land of Indiana Jones. Well, we'll in start in the magical land of Utah. Yeah, the Mormons make it magical. I don't even know what that means. But anyway, we start in Utah in 1912. Indy, young Indy, is in his Boy Scout troop, walking through the canyons, the valleys, exploring. Him and his friend, Herman, go through a cave system and find some grave robbers who have found what they call the Cross of Coronado. I don't believe it's real. I think it's just made up. But I'm not 100% sure. So anyway, they make you think that this guy that's grave robbing is Indy because they only show you from the back. He has the fedora. He has the leather jacket. And it's only when he turns around and you see it's not him that they reveal that the boy is Indy, the young boy. Yeah. Played fantastically by River Phoenix. Like, this this kid was hand-chosen by Harrison Ford to play his younger self. Hmm. He worked with him on um, The Mosquito Coast, a movie about Harrison Ford's character in the movie uh, taking his family away on a trip or something and, like, living off the land. Yeah, I've heard, I've, I mean, I've heard of his involvement in it. I, mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't know what it was And uh, he, River Phoenix and him had a really good connection to the point where he could just like start mimicking him his mannerisms and his way of going about his life that when this movie came around Harrison Ford said that's him you have to get him it's the only choice so they got him and as much as it's sad to say he's gone it's just like he died um, I think it was only like five or six years after this movie came out the kid did? Yeah, he died in a stabbing in a at a bar. Oh my gosh! Yeah, with his brother Joaquin Phoenix. Hmm. So yeah, it's sad. It's tragic. Yeah, but this role will forever live in my mind as my favorite of his. So, Indy repels down from this cliffside after telling uh, Herman to go get the sheriff and Mister Havelock, their uh, troop leader. So Indy repels down with on the rope, grabs the cross, and starts climbing back up. He's so full of himself, he thinks he's he's safe. Steps on a board, it cracks, they all see him, and the chase ensues. So he runs out of the cavern and down the thing, and you can definitely tell at this point that it's Indy when he says, everyone's lost but me. He's so full of himself. What's the greatest thing? Uh... So he gets on his horse after falling. Very comedic. This movie is hilarious. And 
there's a chase on the horse with some cars that goes on a huge, beautiful plains of Utah onto a circus train. So he's jumping through these train cars, past giraffes, past a bunch of tied-down tents, I assume, and goes into the reptile room. Now, a little bit before this, in the cave, there's a snake, and he just grabs it, and he says, it's just a snake. Nothing to be scared of, and throws it. And if you're a fan of the series, you know that he's terrified of snakes. So you're like, huh? So when he's in the reptile uh, car, and they're chasing him, and the rafter type thing that he's in, I don't know what they would really call it, like the walkway. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know. It's not tall enough for a person to walk on, so it's it might like not crawl even be. crawl space more than yeah. anything. So he falls into a snake pit, and that's where you get the iconic fear of snakes. He has a, I think it's like a, it's not a cobra or anything, but it's like a big snake like just jumps up at him and hisses at him, and he gets so scared and falls into a pit of more snakes. <laughs> and then it cuts to the outside of the train car, and you just hear the, the most iconic scream. Ever. I love it. It's stuck in my head forever. It's very wholesome in the fact that it builds so much of his backstory. In just like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So he gets out of that car and he's still running and he gets a snake in his wrist in his uh, scout uniform. He pulls it out, throws it away, and one of the guys finally catches up with him on top of the rhino car. So he not he falls on the ground and a little lantern falls down and hits the rhino in the face, which I feel really sad. That's it probably burned him pretty bad. But so the rhino gets angry and starts putting its horn through the ceiling, and they almost get stabbed, which is interesting. He's millimeters away from being stabbed. Yeah, like it's literally like either of them could die. So that fight stops <laughs> and they run because that's not, you know. Tempting fate, you don't want to tempt fate. By the way, he pulled the snake out of his That's not yet. Shirt. That's not yet. No, it, it is because the snake slides out of his arm onto the guy when he's fighting him. That's not yet. That's later. I'll explain. Okay. So <coughs> he runs away from this guy again and gets to a water tower the train's passing. And he grabs onto the water tower spout and spins around it show it plays the most heroic music in the movie. And then it just immediately cuts out and all the guys are in front of him when he spins around and lands back on the train. This is the point where the guy grabs the cross again and then the snake comes out of his uniform onto him. He's like, snake, snake. And then he runs away to the magic car. So he gets in the magic car and there's a box. And the main guy, whose name is uh, Fedora, he sees him get in the box, and he's like, all right, kid, out of the box, now. Turns out the box just breaks apart, and he's not in there. I don't know how this actually would have, like, the explanation, but the guy runs to the back door of the caboose, because that's where the magic truck is, and he sees Indy running across the train tracks home. And, like, he looks at out into the distance and uh, says something. I'm not going to say it. Might be a little too vulgar for this show. And it just, it lingers on this guy forever until he cracks a smile. He is so, like, 
not proud of this kid, but he's like, man, this kid's got skills. I would think it almost would border on being proud. Like, I mean, to an extent, not yeah, like, not yeah, like a like, father son yeah, proud, yeah. but well, it also it. So in this scene, if you've seen the first movie, you know about Marion and mm. her father, who's dead in the first movie. This guy was supposed to be Abner Ravenwood, Marion's father. Hmm. But they cut it. They cut the name and they just called him Fedora. Yeah. How much more powerful do you think that would be that they if they would have made that him? It would have been. I mean, it's it his mentor. His mentor right? and also gave him the hat. Hmm. I also missed something. He fell into the lion car. Mm-hmm. And he this is where he gets the whip off the wall. And if you know anything about Harrison Ford in real life, he has a scar on his chin from a car accident he got when he was like 20. And this, using the whip on this lion, he uh, cuts his lip just like Harrison Ford did in real life. So it'll give you the even the smallest detail of his character later on. Mm. So he's running across the train tracks and he gets back to his house. And he's just so excited to show his dad. He's like, dad, we need to get this taken care of. Come on, come on. And his dad is not having it. You can tell that him and his dad are estranged. There's not really any, like, it's not father-son. It's more like, I wouldn't, like. It's kind of like one of those. Relationships where you don't feel love, but you know it's your father. So you have to just, you know, be okay with it. I guess it almost feels like a step parent relationship more than an actual like this is yeah my father you know because well, I mean? uh, in universe Indy's mother died of a disease mm-hmm. when he was young so him and his father he he took it as his father didn't know because his mom held it from them for so long and his father is so engrossed in his work that Indy took it as he didn't really care but we'll get into that more as it the plot goes along so Indy just backs out of the room when he sees that. Uh, What's his name? I keep getting, I keep forgetting his name. His friend. Herman. Herman, yes. Uh, I kept keep wanting to call him Sherman. He does. If someone calls him Sherman at some point, I think maybe. Oh, you did. You called yeah, him Sherman. I might have. Yeah. Anyway, so Herman comes in and he's blowing his bugle. And he's like, I got the sheriff. And the sheriff walks in and Indy's telling him, "Hey, you need to these five or six of them stole it. They were trying to, you know, and." Plot twisted. The guys are at the door. And he's like, well, I got the rifle owners here. Five or six of them. And it's it's devastating to Indy because the item belongs in the museum. Mm-hmm. You know? So, the main guy comes in. Abner Ravenwood, Fedora, whatever you'd like to call him. Comes in and gives Indy his iconic hat in this moment. And says, you lost today, kid. Doesn't mean you have to like it. And that's his motivation for the whole thing, which would make it so interesting if it was Abner Ravenwood. So it jump cuts to him on a boat in 1938, 16 years later. And he's on a boat called the Coronado with the same dude who funded the dig for the cross in the first place. A guy whose only name is Panama Hat because of, I guess, his hat. I don't know. It is an iconic name. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> so, and he's he's 1930s villain. Throw him over the side. Mm. Like, you know, talks out of the side of his mouth. That sort of guy. So, 
Indy's fighting back for this cross, and uh, he it's a storm going on. It's, I don't know why they're in the ocean right now in this storm, but Indy gets on a hook and flies across the deck of the ship into the water as a tower falls onto the the deck of the ship, causing a huge explosion, killing everybody on board. And Indy gets the cross and takes it home. And it cuts to uh, the college where Indy teaches. He's teaching in class, just like in Raiders. Marcus comes in, played by Denholm Elliott, the late Denholm Elliott. Uh, and it's basically just almost shot for shot, word for word, just from Raiders. And it kind of makes sense because Spielberg, after Temple of Doom, kind of wanted to shy away from the more gruesome, dark tones. And uh, so he wanted to go kind of back to basics. So they're talking about this cross, and they're just, you know, doing the whole Marcus and Indy thing. You know, they're they're really close. They've known each other Indy's entire life because Marcus and his dad are friends. So Indy goes to his uh, office to do some paperwork and meet with students. And so you can tell he just he doesn't want to meet any of these students. And most of them are not there for actual interest in his work. They're mostly girls interested in him. And uh, so he gets in his office and it kind of breaks the fourth wall and he looks at the camera just so like, oh, I don't want to do this. And then it cuts to him jumping out the window. Mm-hmm. So he's walking back to his house. We assume it's just where he's going is his house. He never makes it there. And guys in suits come up behind him and take him to wealthy businessman Walter Donovan, who Indy kind of knows who this guy is, but kind of not, not personally, but knows of him by reputation. Mm-hmm. And so they start talking about this tablet, and he says, well, I'd like you to translate this tablet for me, see what you, see what you think. He already knows what it says. So... And he's reading it, and he finds out it's for the Holy Grail, the cup of Christ, the cup used at the Last Supper. So Indy talks about, well, you should have called my father. He's the expert. He's like, well, we did. He was our team leader, and now he's missing. So that's what sets Indy off on this whole thing. And while he was at the school, he got some mail from Venice with a book in it. Didn't really open it, didn't really have time, just, you know, moved on with his day. So, after he gets the, done with his meeting, he calls Marcus and they go to his dad's house because he's missing. They want to find out some lo- some clues, some leads. So, they go to his house and they find out it's been ransacked, totally destroyed. Every mail open and they say, well, he's looking for something. And he realizes the book that he got is his dad's grail journal. Everything he's learned for all, I assume it's been like 40 years of work on this thing. And you get the the nice scene of Indy looking at the art on his dad's wall of the grail and all the tasks and stuff, you know, associated with it. And you get that inspirational quote where Marcus says, well, the search for the grail is the search for the divine in all of us. Pretty powerful stuff. So he tells Marcus he's going to take this trip from Donovan because, you know, his dad's missing. 
Marcus says, no, I'm coming with you this time. <laughs> First time he stayed home. Second time wasn't even mentioned. This time he's coming. So they get on the plane, and right before they get on, Donovan says, don't trust anyone. So they think that they're looking for a, a Dr. Schneider. They think it's a guy. Turns out it's a girl, played by Allison Duty of James Bond fame. She was a Bond girl. Mm. And most recently, she was in one of the most critically acclaimed movies of last year, and probably even the last decade, RRR. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's uh, like an action movie based like India or something. I haven't seen it either, but it's gotten like 10 out of 10 across the board. Mm. Greatest movie of the decade, people have been saying. So she's in that. I haven't seen it, but I want to at some point. Anyway, so she explains where her research with Indy's dad left off because he went missing. She gives them a little piece of paper that has Roman numerals on it. So they're walking towards this uh, library that was a church, and Indy has this really nice, like, blink-and-you-miss-it kind of conversation with her about a flower he picks. And it's just, it's it's those small things in this script that really make it feel lived in and make the characters feel like they actually are there and not just acting for the cameras. And so they get to this library and as you know in this in later on in the movie she, Elsa kind of like knows a little bit more than she thinks and think the audience thinks. So when they find the Roman numerals on this glass pane, this beautiful stained glass window. He starts to put the pieces together on this paper and the diary. And he tells Marcus, let's keep this diary thing between you and me. We don't need to be putting this out there. So earlier in the film, during his lesson, Indy says that X never marks a spot, which is a setup for this joke where he goes up the stairs, sees the big X on the ground, and says X marks the spot. So they break open the, the seal on this catacomb where all these soldiers i assume were something that's, that's of that where the, the grail knight is hmm. so There's an old church so, yeah, yeah. so. catacombs you know hmm. whatever so they're down there and they walk past the carving on the wall of the ark and she's like what's that he's like it's the ark of the covenant she's like are you sure he's like i'm pretty sure <laughs> it's 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 incredible but it's also kind of incredible that she doesn't know what this is considering she knows all about the grail. Right. And they go hand in hand. Right. I mean, it's also just a complete setup for a callback. But Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> but then you get to the rats. Spielberg had these rats bred specifically for the film so that they didn't cause disease and stuff throughout the, the crew and cast if they got bit or something. Mm. So, like, when you think of it, be like, yeah, he has enough money to... And resources to have people breed rats for his movie. I mean, if you're Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still incredible. Mm-hmm. So they're going through and uh, they find the Grail Knight in his coffin. And Indy gets super excited. And Elsa's like, you sound just like your father. He'd love to be here. And Indy says, no, he'd never make it through the rats. He's scared to death of them. So it really humanizes... Indy has this fear of snakes 
and his dad has rats. So they're kind of one and the same. They're very mm-hmm. parallel to each other. So during this, Marcus gets knocked out by these men that come down the stairs. And they come down into the catacombs and light a match where there's oil on the ground because they found a natural spring of oil. And Indy says, well, I could just retire down here and put a put a pipeline or something. And so this fire starts. They have to knock over the grail coffin and get in the air duct and find a way out. So they find their way out, and <laughs> it's so funny. They, they come out of these sewers in the middle of a dinner or a lunch. Mm. <laughs> Everybody there is just so blown away. But, like, there's people coming out of the sewers. Right. This <laughs> is incredible. And then an amazing in-camera boat chase starts. And, like, this is all real. They actually drove these boats, and all of it was real. So they're doing this boat chase, and it ends up at this one huge propeller where Indy and this other, the one of the, the main guy from the people who knocked out Marcus is they're fighting. And he says, well, you'll die if you don't tell me where my dad is. And he says, well, I'm prepared. Are you? So they d- he decides, well, I'm not going to kill this guy. So he puts him in the boat, and they take him, and then he re- uh, reveals that his name is Kazim. K-A-Z-I-M. So I don't know how you'd really pronounce that. But he's part of the Brotherhood of the Cruciform Sword, a uh, group of men who are solely... Their sole job is to protect the Grail and its location and anything that is about it. So he he realizes that Indy's not looking for the Grail for himself or his father or anybody. He just wants his dad. So he tells him where his dad's been hiding. I don't know how he knew that, where his dad's been, like, kidnapped to. He doesn't really explain it, but if he's part of this brotherhood, then he probably knows. That's true. Well, he also has ties with the one leader who also has ties with the Nazis, which are, which is, well, which is who are holding uh, his dad at that point yes, in time. At, so at Castle Brunwald. Yeah. So, I mean, that might be. Mm-hmm. how they connected it in universe mm-hmm. but so uh indy goes back to show all the stuff to marcus after they find that he's okay and they discover that the city with no names the map with no names to the unmarked city is alexandretta iskanderan same place so indy goes to tell uh Elsa. Elsa. Sorry. I was saying her real name. (laughs) So he goes to Elsa and finds that her room has been destroyed along with his. And then he finds her in the bathroom and they have a romantic fight? Makeout session? It's kind of weird, but you know. It's pretty up to par for Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. He's a womanizer. Right. What do you expect? Yeah. And so he shows her, like, this is what they were looking for. The diary. So, she's like, you had it and you didn't tell me? He's like, well, I didn't know I could trust you. Big, big, like, words, you know? So, they go to the Castle Brunewald. And the original idea for an Indiana Jones film was a haunted castle. And Lucas 
wanted it so bad, but Spielberg just got off of doing um, Poltergeist, I believe. And he didn't want to do Ghosts. He's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm done with them right now. I don't want to do that. That's so fair. the closest we get to an Indiana Jones ghost story is this castle. So they go in, and Harrison Ford can show his acting chops by acting like a Scottish lord. It's fabulous it acting. It's so funny. The one, the butler guy says, if you're a Scottish lord, then I'm Mickey Mouse. And he punches him in the face. Uh, it's so funny. But so, uh, Indy walks through the building looking for, or the castle, looking for his father, what room he's in. And Elsa's like, well, how do you know what room it is? And he points up to the door frame. Well, they don't wire the the doors you want to go in. Because they don't buy, like, you know. So... He can't get in, so he has to go through a window. So he opens a window and swings across a telephone wire or something uh, into the window that his dad's in. His dad comes up behind him and smacks him with a vase. He's like, oh, Junior, it's you. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Dad, let's get out of here. And his dad's looking at the, the vase. He's like, eh, it's a fake. And throws it on the ground and that alerts the Nazis. So, they have this really great uh, back and forth when the Nazis come in. They're like, I came here to save you. Now, who's going to save you, Junior? It's like, I told you, don't call me that. He starts killing the people. His dad's like, look, look what you, I can't can't believe what you've done. Mm. So, they start escaping, and they get to the room where Elsa is, and she's being held by Colonel Vogel. I don't actually remember his name. His actor's name. I haven't had that to memory, but I don't know. He's not in many things that you've seen. I don't even remember. I have don't know of anything else he's been in. He's a Nazi. Yeah, in the movie. <laughs> in the movie. Okay. So at this point, he's threatening to kill Elsa, and uh, Indy's dad says he won't. She's with him. He's not gonna do it. And Indy falls for it. Hook, line, and sinker. And she is, in fact, along with the Nazis. And they walk, and he's totally taken away by it. She steals the notebook from him and gives it to uh, Colonel Vogel. And there's a great uh, quote later on when, uh, or or it might have been earlier, when he says that he should have sent it to the Marx Brothers. Now, Mm -hmm. when I was a kid, I thought the Marx Brothers were just like another two people that were like archaeologists no it's actually like a comedy duo <laughs> from the 30s oh okay yeah so it's like it was a joke i should have sent it to those goofballs right so they get into this room it's like a i don't know what you call it in the castle it's a it's like a dining room sort yeah, of thing going on it's got fireplaces on both sides i think i don't remember it on one side but that might have doesn't mean anything. yeah i, I think it was just the one side Okay, well, no, because the oh no, the one the other side was the just the door that went around. The fireplace was on the other side. I thought that was the fireplace. The fireplace was the door that went around. But there were two, because one was on fire and the other one wasn't. That's how they got the door to turn. Oh yeah, then there was two because the one that was closest to them was the one that was on fire. The one that was furthest away was the one that was turnable. The door. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Anyway. So there's a big chair with like the biggest back on a chair I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god, comfy. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Indy looks at his dad and says, how'd you know she was a Nazi? He's like, she talks in her sleep. And he's like, he puts it together that they slept together. Mm -hmm. Both her and his father and him and her. Very awkward. And also, I believe that Sean Connery ad-libs the she talks in her sleep. I could see that from Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. So, and um, they're talking about like how he didn't know she was a Nazi and you hear a voice. You didn't take my advice. Turns out the bad guy of this movie is Walter Donovan. He told him, don't trust anybody. I told you. Now, before I go any farther, I want to know from Kenny. This is your first time seeing it. Did you think that he was the villain the first time you saw him? Or did you think that he was going to be an actual good person? Did that twist have an effect on you? Not really, because going back to like previous Indiana Jones movies, I kind of like figured it out. Mm-hmm. Not like right away, but it took me like some like piecing together, especially when he said, don't trust anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so I'm not going to trust you. Um, obviously, everyone's just going to trust Indy, obviously. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you trust him? He's Indy. Yeah. Exactly. So immediately you start questioning, okay, can he trust Elsa? Probably not, mm-hmm. but maybe. Especially with the last name of Schneider. So, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah but also, she was his dad's assistant, so he kind of probably had that. And oh, she right, was right. a beautiful woman, so, you know, he's just going right. to fall for that no matter what. Right, exactly. So, I, ki- I kind of expected him to maybe, maybe have a, a role in being the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Antagonist. Antagonist, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, I know what I want to say. It's just I don't say it right, okay? Alfred Hitchcock. I got it. There you there go. You go. <laughs> it always comes back to Alfred Hitchcock. So, uh, Walter Donovan, I didn't say it earlier, played by Julian Glover. He was uh, Admiral Veers in Star Wars Episode Five. Mm, yeah. On Hoth. Mm. He was the lead person on the AT-ATs. And in that movie, fun fact, he didn't actually die. He got pulled away. And he survived throughout the rest of... Is that from a comic book? I think it's from like a normal book. Oh, okay. But anyway, he makes it out in this movie. So they tie him up and... No, honestly, wait. Before they tie him up, Indy has this great thing about, well, Marcus has a... Two-day head start on you. He knows everything back and forth. He knows 12 different languages. He has friends in every city from here to Sudan. Mm. By any luck, he's got the grail already. And he's going to blend in with everyone. Yeah, he'll blend in, disappear, and you'll never see him again. Exactly. (laughs) It cuts to Marcus. And he's just like, does anyone speak English here? (laughs) Maybe even ancient Greek? Walking through just a crowd of people that, one, look nothing like him. Two, are wearing nothing like what he's wearing. And uh, and three, he stands out like a sore thumb. Oh, yeah. And uh, they even say that. Brody sticks out like a sore thumb. We'll find him. Yes, later. Yeah, the later heck on. you will. <laughs> <laughs> so then Sala, played by John Rhys-Davies. He's also Gimli in Lord of the Rings. And he's in something else that's very popular, but I don't remember at this moment. But anyway, he sees him and he's 
super excited. He's like, Marcus, I, lo- I know you. You're great. Let's find this thing. So they're walking across this, like, desert, and they're talking about what information they have because you know you can trust Sala you, from the first movie, one of the Indy's best friends. Mm-hmm. So he starts telling them this stuff, and these people come up and say, oh, uh, Marcus Brody, we have a car for you to go to the museum. Sala's like, there is no museum in this Kandarin. And uh, the guy turns around and says, papers, please. <laughs> and Sala's like, yeah, I got the new one just this, this morning. Run. What? Yeah, it's an um, English post. Run. <laughs> Did you say run? And shoots the guy, <laughs> punch the guy in the face. And they start running. And he's like, hide behind this door. Hide behind this door. And he gets in the door. And I don't know how this even makes sense, but a truck is the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Closes. Of course. Oh, takes yeah. him away. That's always the answer. A ah, truck that, is the That's door. always the answer. Our oh. Trucks are doors. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I see, I see, I see. Hmm. All right, so uh, Sala is sad. Obviously, he's failed. <laughs> so it cuts back to them in the castle tied up, and Elsa kisses Indy in one of the most weirdest kisses I've seen in a while. But definitely, like, not ugly kisses i don't know it's weird but also not anyway she says in his ear what we had was great <laughs> and indy's dad's like it was sean connery deserves some sort of award for just the actual comedy that he provides to this entire mm-hmm. movie and all of his lines were basically written for him in his accent if you think about it mm-hmm. all a lot of shh right sh sounds so yes sean connery (laughs) so and also before we even go on sean connery playing indy's father james bond the only person that indy could be lower than is james bond in terms of cool factor so it's the only option you had for his dad so they're tied up, and Colonel Vogel comes in and punches Indy in the face, and they're like, well, I like the Austrian way better. So, Well, that's because Elsa said this is how um, Austrians, Austrians say goodbye, goodbye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. kisses Indy. Then, then Vogel comes then in. Then Vogel comes in, and it's like, this, this is how is Germans say, say goodbye, yeah. and then punches Indy, and the recoil then... Punches his dad, too. Like, his head, yeah, Indy's head hits his dad's head mm-hmm. in the back, and it's like, dang. Perfect comedy, too. Had to be one heck of a punch, by the way, to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, Indy says, hey, Dad, grab the lighter from in my pocket after they leave. And they say they can't kill him because they don't have the map yet in case Marcus does blend in, disappear, and never see him again. Uh, so, Indy's like, grab my lighter. It's my lucky charm. And it has a clover on it. <laughs> so, Indy's dad being the most bumbling buffoon type guy burns his thumb on the lighter, drops it on the floor and catches the whole room on fire. He says, he's like, did you get it yet? He's like, uh, son, floor's on fire and the walls. <laughs> well, it's like, well, when he drops it, he tries to pick it up. He tries yeah, to like, he's kicking get, it. He's trying to get it back over. With and his he goes foot and he starts blowing. And on then he, it. <laughs> he starts <laughs> trying to blow it. What are you doing? What are you doing, Sean? What are you doing? (laughs) And he's like, oh, there's the floor and the walls. (laughs) 
And they're like, get to the fireplace. So they just start pushing their way into the fireplace that's not on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're scooting, and their leg of their chair hits a button that turns the the wall in a secret passage. And it goes, and you see them turn all the way back around. They're like, okay. So they do it again, and then they stop. And the lady turns and smiles at them, and they smile. It's the funniest thing. And there's a whole gag of them like tricking these people and running into a fire room. Mm-hmm. So they get out of this and they get out of the, the chairs while this is happening. They get word that, yeah, they got Marcus. They got the map. They can kill Indy and his father, but this is all happening at the same exact time. So they're running away from these people. Cause now they know that they're alive, you know? So they get to this room and they're looking for a secret passage, secret exit. And Henry, I'm going to call him Henry from now on, Indy's father, mm-hmm. sits in this chair and says, well, I think if I just sit down and relax, the situation uh, presents itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Solution prevents it, presents itself. And Indy, I don't know how he lives through this. He falls <laughs> backwards onto a stair, like a solid stone stair, and then keeps tumbling. It would have to be very very painful like even with a leather jacket on like mm-hmm. that I you're not that much protection but it's a movie so you get then they get down to this uh harbor type thing where there's these boats indy gets on this boat and unties it his dad throws him a suitcase he's like no he's like what about the boat <laughs> so then vogel gets down there and he sees the boat and he's like all right get get on the boats and the, the guys start going and then they shoot out of a box on a motorcycle which it just it makes no physical sense how they got into the box. Yeah, unless like they're like, hold on, put the, and then they pull it back up. <laughs> yeah, like like the way the box opens, it just there's actually no way they could have pulled it off unless mm-hmm. someone nailed them in there while they were in there. But it's well, okay unless, because unless they opened it and then we're like, hold on, and they lifted the box up from the inside to like just have maybe, it sit there. And maybe, maybe, but even then, that's. Or it's, it's movie logic, and mm-hmm. but it plays for the joke, and it's funny. Oh, yeah, no, it is. It's delivered very well, so it's okay. If it was delivered poorly, it would have been, like, one of the worst Plot things. Plot holes or something. Yeah. yeah. Or, there, or there could be an opening on the other side. That's fair. It could. A box that... Is open on the other side, but not the other side. They opened it from the wrong end or something. Maybe that's where they park it. Back in the box. In the box. <laughs> isn't, that okay. where, isn't, that where, isn't that where you put your Funko Pops after you play with them? You put them back in the box for posterity. Yes. I don't know who keeps making the squeaking noise, but you better stop. <laughs> I don't even know what that squeaking noise it's is. It's very... I, I don't know if it's prevalent on the recording, but... It's the table. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Let's not hit that part of the mm-hmm. table again. So, uh, the bike chase ensues. Mm-hmm. And uh, Indy's killing all these guys on these bikes, and his dad is not having any of it. He's very upset. He's not even proud or impressed at all. That impressed, that's the word I was looking for earlier on the train when the guy smiles. Impressed. Mm, mm-hmm. All right, so Indy javelins this one dude off of his bike. Which is just horrifying to think about. Yeah. The flagpole stuck in you. And well, I don't think it goes through him. I think it just, like, kicks him off the bike. Still, though, that's so painful. Yeah. Like, 100%. No, I'm not, I'm not trauma. downplaying the pain. Yeah. It's just he probably didn't mm. die that fast. If at all. And so the last guy on the bike comes up next to him. And if you ever put like a playing cards in your spokes of your tires, this is like from 
for like real men. You put a pole through it <laughs> and it explodes the bike. And he, he's la- Indy's laughing and he looks at his dad and says like, oh, you hate this? Oh, oh, oh okay. I'll and he's like, he just turns around and he's just like, all right, we're going. <laughs> mm. So they get to this like fork in the road. One's crossroad. Yeah. Mm. And one side says Venice and one side says Berlin. Indy's going to Venice because that's where they need to go. And his dad says, no, you're going to Berlin because that's where the book is. And they say, he's like, well, what's so special about the stupid book? And so they have a really good heart-to-heart moment where he's explaining what is so important about this book. And Indy has a moment where he says, Jesus Christ. And his father smacks him in the face and says, that's for blasphemy. (laughs) One of the greatest Sean Connery quotes, like I was saying, it's probably written for his accent. Mm Mm-hmm. So they have they have a semi heart to heart moment about his mother and how she kept the disease from his dad for the entire time. So he convinces Indy to go to Berlin to get the book, and it cuts to a Nazi book burning. Mm-hmm. And fun fact for almost every single military Nazi member in this movie is an actual Nazi uniform. Straight out of real World War Two, so they're at this book burning, and Indy goes and sees Elsa because she's there. He steals the book back, and he's like, "I'm gonna, I can kill you right now." And she's like, "But you care too much, basically." Mm. So he lets her go, and as he's leaving with his dad, he gets rushed by a bunch of Nazi fanboys. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and. Lo and behold, Hitler is signing books through this crowd. Which is so funny that he's signing books at a book burning. He doesn't even try to know what the book is. That exactly. He's exactly. Because he gets the Grail Diary in his hand. The one thing that he's searching for. And he's so vain and stupid that he has what he needs in his hand. And just thinks it's an autograph for a guy. It's incredible. So... They get out of that, and it's. They go to um, the airport, and they get the first flight out of Berlin on a Zeppelin. I and love the Zeppelin in this movie. It's the so shot cool. of them coming around the corner and it being outside. Yeah. Beautiful. So they get in, and Indy's like, yep, we're home free. You're not. Don't say that. <laughs> That's just asking for trouble. So they look out the window, and there's Vogel and uh, Pat Roach, the actor, standing next to him. He is the same guy who gets his head cut up in the propeller in Raiders, the same guy who gets steamrolled in Temple of Doom, and he was going to be having a fight scene in this movie, but they got cut. And um, so then the in the meantime, between Vogel getting on the plane, the plane, the ship, that's what they call them? Ships? Zeppelins? Ships? Airships? Sure. Airship. Yeah. I believe that's what they call them, though. Go ahead. So, in this time, Indy gets a, a waiter's uniform, and that's where he was going to fight the Pat Roach character. He was going to fight him in that moment, and that's how he got the the. I think there's the a deleted costume. scene for that, isn't there? Uh, I think it's deleted pictures. Oh, okay. I haven't seen the real scene or anything, but it I might be there. I feel like I've seen there's a scene where he fights on the 
point. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. But so Vogel gets on there and he's looking at all the people and he sees Indy's father and he's like, huh, gotcha. And Indy's going around saying, tickets, please. Tickets, please, to all these people. He says, tickets, please, to Vogel. Turns around, sees it's him. Punches him out of the window of the Zeppelin. And then it's one of the best comedic jokes in the whole movie. No ticket. And they all, everybody on the plane just starts, I got it, I got one, I got one, I'm right here, please, don't throw me off. So, uh, then they're sitting together talking about their next plan to, you know, what these grail tests are. And they have a really, really heart-to-heart moment about their relationship. And this is what I think finally almost 100% nails down that they're totally father and son relationship now instead of father and son estranged. Mm -hmm. It's almost perfect. There's one more scene later on that nails it down 100%. So they're talking. And in this scene, fun fact, Harrison Ford and Sean Connery aren't wearing pants. That's awesome. Sean Connery um, has a, well, he did. He's passed. So sad. He has a condition where he like sweats a lot. And it was the dead of summer when they were filming this. So he decided to do the scene without pants. And Harrison Ford just was like, I guess. And they're just wearing like boxers underneath. Because the the way it's shot, they only show mm-hmm. from the table up. That's that's an epic move, by the way. It yes. really is, though. Yes. Uh, so they are talking about Indy's childhood and how uh, he wishes he was more like the other guy's dad's. Normal. And... Another great Sean Connery quote for this movie. I taught you self-reliance. <laughs> and he's like, well, I learned it so well that we haven't even spoken in almost 20 years. And that's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm here now. What do you want to talk about? I have no... Then what are you complaining about? We got work to do. So they start talking about the plan and it cuts to a nice shot of the table. And the shadows just shifting in a different direction to show that the Zeppelin is turning around. And they're going back to Germany to, you know, drop off Indy and his dad. So they go to this plane underneath the Zeppelin. And Indy's dad says, I didn't know you could fly a plane. Fly? Yes. Land? No. <laughs> Which is kind of a callback to Temple of Doom, where. He gets on the plane after they the the, the Chinese I think they're Chinese they they uh, ditch him and the plane's supposed to crash and kill Indy. So in that movie, um, Willie, the girl of the movie, asks Indy, "Do you know how to fly a plane?" He's like, "No, do you?" So fun fact I like to think is like in between that movie. In 1932, and this one in 1938, he learned how to fly a plane. At some point, yeah. But also, Harrison Ford is a pilot Mm -hmm. himself, and he's also had a terrible plane crash. Multiple. Yeah, so he said, land, no. That might be an inside joke, but I don't know if he had any crashes before 1989. I'm not sure. I don't think so. He really only became a pilot after he kind of got done with Jones and Star Wars and all that. That's the For part the of most part. that's the part of his life that I'm not really mm. too versed in. So anyway, they're flying, and some uh, 
Nazi bomber jets. I don't really know what planes they are. They, they have like bombs some weird underneath them. Stutka like variants. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, but they're like fighter jets, I guess. Mm. And they have bombs. I don't know which one it is. If anyone has any intru- any knowledge of this, please let us know. Aiden would be your guy. Yes, and he's not here today. I think it's a Stutka. Like they're dive bombers, mm-hmm. but it just they look different. Maybe it's just a later model. Who knows? Maybe Aiden, if you're listening, please hit us up. Yep. He's he's not. Wait till you get a notification hey, on your hey, phone. He better hey, be. Hey, you never know. That's fair. But continue. All right, back to the plot. So, Indy tells his dad when they the planes start flying around, eleven o'clock, shoot him, <laughs> and he's like, he pulls out his pocket watch. He's like, what happens at eleven o'clock? He's like, 12, 11, 10, 11 o'clock, fire. So he starts manning this gun and shooting at these planes. And as he's doing it, he spins around to the back of the tail of the plane and shoots the tail. And they start about ready to crash. And he's like, did they get us? Did they get us? He's like, son, I'm sorry. They got us. That's actually probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Also, a fun fact, the Lego that went along with the Sky Chase, mm-hmm. Sky Fight, whatever they called it, uh, had a sticker where you could flip the tail mm-hmm. and it would be damaged compared to not damaged. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, it I was never actually, had that one as a kid, but I did want it. It was it was really cool. But interesting. That's, my, that's my fun fact. Cool. So, this uh, plane crashes at this goat farm. He has like 30 or 40 goats at this farm. I think there's more goats in that pen than 30 or 40. That There was a lot of goats yeah. in that pen. And so, this the, another, it's just this movie has so many jokes that they just all land back to back to back. So, this guy is fixing his car, putting hubcaps on. And he's about ready to put the last hubcap on. And they peel away on the car. <laughs> Chase by this plane in the most, one of the most iconic shots ever. Like, you know where the horizon was at? You know where the horizon was at on that shot, too? It was at a very interesting location. Mm. The bottom. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and so, when I was a kid, I would, I had planes and I had cars and I would recreate this scene all the time. When as a kid, all the time. So, they, for some reason, this pilot is an idiot. And they go into this tunnel and the pilot goes into the tunnel, too. And... It's a it's a it's a car tunnel, not a plane tunnel, and the wings just explode off the side. Yeah, that's like the one spot of the movie that I can't explain. Cause what like self-respecting aviator like knows you clearly know there's a mountain there if there's a tunnel. Like it's not just like there's just a random tunnel in the middle of you nowhere. You can just go around it. Right. Like, but the, he decides to just turn into it, and it rightfully, honestly, should have blown up on impact. Like if yeah. any other spot, right? But he somehow glides to the tunnel and then explodes later anyway. So it doesn't really matter. But, but the like, comedic effect of him sliding past is and pretty And looking hilarious. at them and being like, oh, hey, <laughs> bye. And just like, he's like, oh, yeah, you guys. But wait, oh. What about me? Oh, you guys. Mm-hmm. But and then it's like, oh, crap. Yeah. So I guess I, I would attest it to idiot Nazis. <laughs> I guess, you know? Stupid Illinois Nazis. No, German Nazis. The real evil. Spielberg is Jewish, as we found out in The Fablements. I, well, I knew this, but... You should watch a review of The Fablements. Yes. Yes. Link in the description. Mm-hmm. And watch the movie, too. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah, it was a pretty great movie. Anyways. And so, it 
it probably was really cathartic for Spielberg to just like destroy these Nazis at any chance he gets. And he destroys them in some pretty nasty ways. Oh yeah. So <laughs> they get out of this tunnel and they're like, We're home free and then a bomb drops right in front of the car and makes a huge crater and the car crashes. And but like, it doesn't hurt them. No, not at all. It looks like it. There's mm-hmm. dummies or something in the car and they look like they've been destroyed. Mm-hmm. But then good old Sean Connery just gets pops it, yeah, right up right away. Gets out and they start and he's like he's like just living his best life. He's just chilling and he's like they're coming back. <laughs> so they run down this into onto this beach where Indy pulls out his gun to shoot this pilot, I guess. I don't know how he expected that this would even work. But he has no bullets. He's like we're going to die. So his dad then throws his suitcase on him and pulls out an umbrella. And there's seagulls on the beach. They weren't actually seagulls because you can't train seagulls to actually act, so they had doves. And a lot of the birds sitting on the thing were just plastic seagulls. So, yeah. So then Sean Connery takes out his umbrella and starts acting like a chicken and making these birds fly into this plane in one of the most creative kills. Yeah, it's very creative. Yeah. And Indy is just so impressed. Because he, like, they kill a lot of birds. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just, like, oh, one or two get caught in the engine. No, it's, it's like, like the whole plane is covered in birds. birds like, yeah. guts, feathers, all this stuff. But there, you don't see any of that blood. This is a very tame movie. This is not Temple of Doom. No hearts get ripped out. No kids get tortured. Pretty safe for the family. Anyway. So... In this moment, or right before it, uh, Sean Connery says, They're trying to kill us. It's like, I know, Dad. Happens all the time. So then, after they've killed this pilot, the bird's dead. Indy is so impressed with his dad. He's like, Did my dad really just do this? And, like, he didn't, he didn't expect this from his dad. And it's a sign of respect between both of them in this moment. And at this point, I think it cuts to Haiti, right? Mm. That's where the the Nazis are working with the yeah the Haitian government. The ha- yeah. Mm-hmm. So Donovan, it's not, it's not Haiti. Like it's not like the not it like is. the island. No, it's H A Y T A Y, right? Because Haiti is H A I T I. That's it's a completely H-A-T-A-Y. different place. T A Y. In the movie, yeah. Right. Either either way, it's not. It's Haiti. Not Haiti. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is like some like Middle Eastern I see. republic. I always took it as Haiti and that was just how he spelled it. No. Because I had never heard of Because I think Hate. Haiti's an island. Yeah, Haiti is an island. It's also with the Dominican Republic. There you go. I see. Yeah. Haiti. Yeah, because that would mean that they would have to have traveled from Germany yeah. all the way to the Caribbean yeah. and then all the way back to Africa. Well. Or Northern Africa, whatever yeah, you want to yeah. say. But yeah. So. Haiti. I didn't even know this was a place now. I'm learning things on this podcast, too. I don't know if it's an actual place, but... It probably is. They don't really... Or was a place. Yeah. It might have a different name now. You know how wars work. World War II hasn't even broken out yet, so... Mm. So, they're talking to this king or whatever, you know, ruler, president. I don't know what they would call him. Your Highness, they say sometimes. Dictator of some sort. Yeah, you know. Probably why they get along with the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. Evil, evil. Yeah. 
So they're giving them all of these jewels, and he's not interested. But he sees this Rolls Royce, and he starts. He knows the engine. He knows everything about it and how fast it can go. And he says, I even like the color. And you get one of my favorite jokes where he's like, you will have men, you will have horses, you will have vehicles, and you will have tanks. And Donovan says, you're welcome. Thinking he said, and thanks. It's pretty funny if you... Mm. I didn't catch that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't catch that either. It's one of those catch it on a separate viewing. Mm. So that happens and they get to this point and then Indy and his father meet up with Sala and Iskanderin. And they're driving his brother-in-law's car. And then the cuts to the Canyon of the Crescent Moon, where all of the Nazis are. And they bring a tank around. And Indy's with binoculars at this cliffside looking at these things. Wow, they got a 10-pound gun over there. His dad's like, you know, you get out of there, you're going to get killed. He's like, oh, we're totally out of range. <laughs> and they shoot the cannon and it blows up Sala's brother-in-law's car, and he is broken up. <laughs> the best part is, is from where they were, it actually would probably be so hard to hit that car. Mm-hmm. But, oh, yeah. like, but it's great. It's hilarious. Movie. Oh, yeah. And so, Marcus is inside this tank, too. I don't know if that was revealed yet or not. No, well, he's, he's in not. the car. He's in the car. The yeah. And so... Uh, Indy is about to get captured. They know where he is. Until Kazim and the Brotherhood of Cruciform Sword come in and start shooting up the Nazis from this. He was also in Hatay, Hatay, mm-hmm. whatever city it yeah. was, whatever mm-hmm. country. He was there. They do a really bad job of it, too. Like, I don't know how many Nazis they killed, but they definitely didn't kill enough. massive casualties. Yeah, but there wasn't that many. No. To begin with. but I thought they'd be a little bit more effective, though. And they just weren't. No. But his death is very sad because he, like, his, like, death gulp is very pronounced. And Elsa's there, and she knows him. Mm-hmm. She feels guilty for this. Right. Right. He knows where he's going, though, he said. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he's ready. He's mm-hmm. His soul's prepared. Mm-hmm. Can't be anything better than that. So... In this whole mess, Indy leaves, and he's like, well, we got to go get some horses. No camels to Sala. Indy gets four horses. Sala gets five camels. I said, no camels. That's five camels. Can't you count? He's like, well, they're for my brother-in-law's car in compensation. I don't know how five camels makes up a vehicle. Also, the camels totally, like, get lost later on. Yeah, you never see them again. Through that tank thing, there's just no camels. I'm assuming he just didn't get them. Or just, you know, left them be... Well, I mean, there's a lot of action scene that happens here. So, at this point, uh, Indy takes... Marcus goes inside the tank after the Brotherhood attacks. They put Marcus in the tank for safety, I guess. I don't know why they'd care about his safety, but... Well, it's because Indy's there, right? I think they're just trying to protect him more as an asset that's what i interpreted i mean it could go either way Mm. so marcus is in the tank indy takes his horse down there and puts his dad in the tank too to get marcus and then vogel is also there and he's like well it's a mission it's a rescue and then nope they're also there right so now marcus and henry are both stuck in the tank 
And then Indy has this amazing action scene with the tank where he's riding this majestic black horse. And it's just, it looks so beautiful on screen. They're shooting the tank gun into these mountains and having huge like explosions. It's great. So then uh, they just, they lose all sense of like their care. They're very reckless and they start shooting at him mm. and they get to a point where a car drives on top of the, like it's flipped over onto the, the main gun of the tank and you see some guy's arm out of the door trying to find the handle. Like <laughs> and so they Vogel inside the tank looks at the guy driving cause it's not a German guy. It's part of the Republic of Hatai mm-hmm. people. That's why I thought it was Haiti because you call it the Republic of Haiti. Yeah, that's it why just I, makes no geological sense. For no, it to be after Haiti. I think about it. Yeah, but anyway, maybe it is a tie. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. If anyone else knows, you can let us know as well. Yeah, email us with yep. angry emails, please. Anything more about this movie? I need to know. Anyway, so where was I? Oh, okay. Tank so scene. yeah, so he tells the guy to shoot the car off of the tank. I really hope that guy got out. Otherwise, he died very painfully. Rip car guy. Yeah. For sure, well, unless, rip car guy. Unless he got out with found the handle in time. The door would have been open because he couldn't have shut it. Rest in peace, car guy. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> and so Indy's yeah. on this tank after riding his horse up on this thing and jumping onto the tank. And I believe he did that himself. He did most of the stunts in this movie his, his on his own because Harrison Ford's just that guy. Well, Har- yeah, Harrison Ford is just that guy. Yeah. An absolute unit. The only scene, I believe, in the whole series that he didn't do in the original trilogy is the fight on the roller in Temple of Doom because he was injured or sick at the time. He hurt his back really bad, and he had to go and do uh, experimental like leaf treatment. So they had this stunt double film all the scenes in Temple of Doom in that fight scene and then just reinserted uh, Harrison Ford with close-up shots later on after it was finished if you pay attention to that movie for all that fighting scene you kind of like see the guy covering his face and because it's a stunt double interesting Mm -hmm. so he gets on this tank and uh like six guys stand up in front of him and he takes this gun and he just shoots through all six guys one bullet that's it yeah he kind of hits a massive like kill streak (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a nice kill streak. Yeah, so he then he looks at the gun. He's just like, what? And then there's a just a fight on top of the tank between Indy Vogel and like three other guys. Indy pushes one guy and he goes on the treads and just gets crushed by the treads. I was happy there wasn't any like bone crushing noise. Yeah, because I've watched uh, Band of Brothers. Totally off topic, but there's a scene in that where they they the guy gets crushed by a tank and you just hear the crush like the, it's just like. <laughs> As oh, he's, like, I do not want to hear that. Yeah. So. It's a good thing they didn't do that. So, Indy falls onto the, uh, one of the turrets on the tank, which he had previously exploded with a rock. He put a rock in there, and then it blew up inside, and that's why Vocal got out of the tank to fight him. So, back on that. So, he's hanging by his uh, satchel. He's just like, come on. Let go. Let go. And then... Also, at the same time, inside the tank, Marcus and Henry are fighting this guy with a pen. And he 
inks the guy in the face, and I guess it's poison. Knocks him out. Well, no, you see him fight again. Yeah, knocks him out. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I mean, you get ink in your eye. I feel like anything in your eye, I feel I don't like. Think, I don't see how that's instant knockout. I mean. It could have been in the 30s. You don't like touching your eye, right? That's no. why you wear glasses, so I mean. That's fair. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, or maybe ink back then was more potent. Toxic. Well, they probably had uh, lead in it. Yeah, it probably did. Yeah. So anyway, this guy faints or gets knocked out or whatever. And then he gets up later and I guess, uh, no, there's another guy who, Indy gets his face put on the, the scope of the tank and they're making a joke about it. And then Indy kicks the scope on the in, from outside and it knocks the guy into the other guy and knocks him down and he shoots and the bullet ricochets around, kills the main driver of the tank. Just in time. Yeah, and he falls forward onto the lever. Very, very, uh, not circumstantial, uh, convenient. Oh, yes. Very conveniently, right on the lever that would turn the tank away from the cliffside. Mm. And it, it plays the Indiana Jones theme, and he's back on the tank fighting Vogel. And then it in this time, this tank fight, the music is John Williams' best that I think he's ever done. I know some people disagree, but this p- specific song... Um, Let's just say it's your favorite. Yes, it's my favorite. Yeah. This specific song, I think it's called um, In the Belly of the Beast. Mm, that makes sense because that's what they call it. Yeah, mm. that steel beast. Yeah. That's all it says. So, uh, they see um, a cliff over the edge, and Marcus is on the edge of the tank he's like how does one get off this thing and he just like elbows him backwards off the tank <laughs> and henry's like where's marcus <laughs> so sala comes up on his horse i don't know where the camels went you're right they're gone he, he might t- maybe he tied him up somewhere and then they went back after everything was done mm-hmm. who knows maybe we'll find out in dial of destiny what happened to these camels there you go. He isn't the new one. <laughs> it's the first scene we see is what happened to the camels. Him just walking back with camels. <laughs> that would be cathartic. <laughs> anyway, so Vogel or somebody punches Henry onto the treads of the tank, and Indy whips him to hold him onto the tank. And you do the treads on his back. That has to hurt. It has to burn. So Sala grabs him and takes him off, and him and Marcus and Sala and Henry are all good. They're all safe. So Indy's punching the living daylights out of this Vogel guy, smacking his head down on the tank. Mm-hmm. He lifts his head up. He's got like, blood pouring from his nose, and they go off the edge of the cliff. And it has one of the best death screams ever from Vogel. When it hit the tank hits the ground, it's a miniature. And it's just a little action figure guy just attached to the, mm-hmm. to the tank. It's so funny. And this is the scene I was talking about that really solidifies that uh, – Indy and his dad have re- mm-hmm. reconciled all their differences. Yeah, I think it's what when, you're talking about. When he's like, he's dead. And so many things I didn't tell him. Like, he didn't tell him he loved him. Probably. And Indy just, just like crawls up on a vine. And then he comes up behind him and he's like, huh, what's down there? Just like. Peeks over the edge a little bit. Yeah, he's just like. I did that. It's like, I love the way he, like, he, he climbs up the vine, but it's, like, right, it's not cl- even close to where, where everyone yeah. else is. And he just kind of, like, sneaks up the back, and he's like, 
Oh, what's up down there? What are y'all looking at did down here? Oh, you're all looking for me, flash, huh? Uh, cut away to Urkel. Did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I like, but I noticed how like the um, Henry looks over like once. Mm-hmm. It and does double take. Like, like looks back down and it's like, wait, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> and before this, um, right before the tank goes off the edge, this is the first, the first and only time I believe that Indy loses his hat in an action scene. That's right. He never loses it. He's like, it's fallen off his head and he like grabs it through a door a, a few times. Like, that's a running joke. But in the big action scene of the movie, he never loses his hat. But this time it was the last crusade. It's the name of the movie. There's the planned last entry in the series. So this was the whole, anyone can die. Even, even Indy. Mm. His hat doesn't even make it through this. But he hugs his father and he's like, well, let's get going. <laughs> And he just falls to the ground. He's he's beat up. Mm-hmm. He is like, I'm gonna take a break, and his hat just goes rolls right in. And rolls right in, right next to him. Very convenient. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It, but I it, wouldn't have it any other way. No, it's iconic. Yes. Yeah. Right. It was so not scripted. Mm-hmm. So it probably was scripted, but yes. I know it was scripted. That was sarcasm. <laughs> I picked up on it. Yeah. Thank Your you. Your sarcasm is lost on me. Anyways, we're to the crescent moon. Yes, they. This is the through the canyon of the crescent moon into where the Grail Temple is, and in real life, it's the Petra famous uh, carving built it right into the side of a wall, a side of a cliffside, and it's just one of the most. Uh, it's one of the wonders, not the wonders of the world, but it's like. If you go anywhere in the Middle East, that's like the biggest tourist destination ever, other than like the pyramids and the Sphinx, you know, in Egypt. But so they go into this thing and they're spying on the Nazis and they're in there sending volunteers to go through these tests because I guess they know there's tests. I don't know how they knew this because Indy's father only tells Indy about this. Don't they have the diary at this point, though? No, because Indy took it back from Elsa. Oh, that's right. Maybe Elsa read it. Maybe. Or maybe Henry just told her. Because they were working together earlier. And he knew this from the very beginning. True. So, they're ta- they're looking. And then you just see a gun. Marcus is just like, me? Over there? <laughs> like, yeah. So, he's pushing. And you see him walk. And then you see uh, Indy and everyone go like, what are you doing? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> see all the guns. Mm. So they get up there, and uh, Mark, uh, Marcus and Indy and Sala and Henry are all just in a line, and all the Nazis are in a line, and Elsa is in the center. That is powerful because you can tell she doesn't believe in one side or the other. Mm-hmm. She is dead center on her morals. She'll do whatever she has to get to, to uh, whatever she has to do to get the Grail. Right. She says earlier in the castle she'll do whatever she needs to, and Indy. We'll do the same. And he says, I'm sorry you think so. Mm-hmm. So it's powerful structure of her being dead center and then Donovan reeling her back into the side. Mm-hmm. And he says, give him some space. He's going to retrieve the grail for us. And he's like, no, I'm not. You can't make me. And he's like, you're right. Shoots his dad. Henry's dying actively right now. The only thing that can save him now is the healing power of the Grail. So Indy goes and he does all of these tasks. The first one is um, the Path of God, 
I believe. I believe that's what it is. That's the one where you have to kneel before God is, isn't it? Yeah. And it's like you're... But there's there's titles. I totally forgot what the titles. It's like you're praying. I know that. Yeah. Like that's what the whole point um, is. That's one that also has a weird thing because you have to roll forward while you pray. Yeah. Uh, during this... Um, uh, he is like reading through the Grail Diary as he does this. So he and his father are both doing all of their work. All the work that his father did um, is now having the um, benefits be reaped by the sun. Right. Like all the, all the work he's done for 40 years has led to this moment where if he didn't do it, they'd all be dead. Mm-hmm. So he goes through the, um, I think it's the path of God. And he says, he's walking up there and it's all these guys have gotten their heads cut off before and you see all these dead bodies. Isn't that one the, the breath of God? Because the wind in the beginning and the path is the one where he takes the like step. That's the stones. word of God. And then the path would be the one where, oh, that's a leap of faith. Yeah. Only a leap from the lion's head. I feel like it's something to do with word. breath. I don't know. Look it up while I'm doing this. I would, but I'd. Uh, so, yeah, you look it up. Okay. So, he goes through this, and he says, him and his father are both saying the same words. Only the penitent man will pass. Only the penitent man will pass. Penitent man is humble. He humbles before God. And right at the last second, he knows, kneel. So, he kneels, but how does he know to roll out of the way? I don't know. These grail knights were kind of being cheeky at this moment. I told you. It's because they didn't want anyone to find it. I know, but the, the Grail Knight says that there's someone was supposed to to take his place. Apparently someone who knew to roll forward. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe in their version of the Bible, they're like, make sure you roll at every chance you get. Can't confirm that's not in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he gets through that one, and his father's relieved. He gets a breath of relief. So they get to the word of God mm-hmm. and and he gets right on the first try with the word of God, what it is, Jehovah. Um, but he doesn't spell it right to begin with. Mm. He almost falls through. He well, spells it the English way. Yeah. Well, he's in, mm. uh, and right before he steps, uh, Henry says, but in Latin, Jehovah starts with an I. And then Indy goes, J, and falls right through. Mm. And that down there, that chasm that's in there is crazy. That's it's creepy. Huge. Mm. Mm. So he gets out, and he's like, <sighs> starts with an I. So he actually spells it right. And he almost slips again on the letter P close to the end. Mm. But he makes it through and, I guess, tells Walter, Donovan, and Elsa the word. Make sure they step in the right spot. They just knew. It'd be so easy to push Donovan just onto the wrong letters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they don't. Well, and the other thing is it's they're talking about the name of God. Mm-hmm. And God has a lot of names in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like, when they said that, I was like, you know, there's so many different words they could have chosen. Like, obviously, Jehovah is a very famous one. But there's like Abba, Elohim, like... I can't think of all of them. Provider, like all these different things. But right? most like normal audiences Yahweh. would know what Je- would know Jehovah more mm. than any of the other ones. Yeah, that's but fair. I, it's fair, and yeah. it's also probably the best choice for a modern audience. But I understand. Mm. Yeah, from a from a biblical perspective, there's a you look at that and you're like, well, he's got probably 
a million ten or ten or twelve to choose from. Mm-hmm. So they get through, and the final task is a leap of faith. And the the tagline tagline to this quote is only a leap from the lion's head will he prove his worth. And Andy says, no one can jump that. But you have to really... And this, this scene of Harrison Ford is probably his best acting I've ever seen. You you feel like he's actually about to, like... Jump into this. a cliff, right? Yeah, like, mm. you, like his chest is just, like, the way it's beating. His heart's beating out of his chest. Mm. He's breathing heavy. He's sweating. He can see it on his face. He's like, I'm going to die if this doesn't work. Puts his foot out, steps right onto an invisible camouflage bridge. Something like that, yeah. Very weird that they have this, unless these tasks were made by God. Maybe. Maybe I could like it's a big I, if, stretch, if they but if they said that happened, I'd be like, "It's an Indiana Jones movie." Okay. They open the ark, and the actual fires of like God's wrath come out. Mm. So this could actually be created by him too. Mm. So they get to the Grail Room, and there's hundreds of cups. And a knight attacks Indy, but then falls over immediately. Tries is, to, right. Yeah. He is over 700 years old. So he says to Indy, here's, a, here's my sword. You come to vanquish me. You're a knight, but you're dressed kind of weird. He's like, oh, I'm not a knight. We got we to gotta hurry. But then Donovan walks in. Mm. And the knight says, only... One is the true grail will bring you life. Any other will take it from you. So Elsa, in her infinite wisdom, says, no, let me choose, because she knows what Donovan will believe is the grail and what the true one is. Mm -hmm. So she gets the most fancy one, gold with jewels, and gives it to him, and he says, this is the cup of the king of kings. And drinks from it, and it's one of the best effects. It is very well done. It's a, uh, I believe it's like a stop motion type thing. Hmm. So he gets his, he gets ages incredibly fast and he just like his face decays and his hair grows out. And it's, it's horrifying as a kid. I watched and I was scared. Hmm. I remember having vivid like imagery of it. Mm-hmm. So then she's like, all right, he's gone. But right before he like is gone, gone, the wind blows and you see his Nazi badge. Right, on the floor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That he was true, what his intentions were. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Indy's then's like, well, the cup of Christ would have no gold on it. The cup of a carpenter. Mm -hmm. So he grabs the only, like, stone or wood cup. You can't really tell if it's a stone or wood. Probably some sort of clay, I would assume. Maybe. That's what I would have, I mean, that's what I would have gone with, but. Um, so he takes that cup. And but after uh, Donovan dies, the Grail Knight says he chose poorly. <laughs> Very sarcasm, mm-hmm. which is weird for a seven hundred year old guy to know what sarcasm is. Eh, I mean, you don't know. Maybe, especially speaking English. They had gestures, but speaking English, but also it's kind of weird. Well, they were Crusaders, and they were speaking English in thirteen hundred. England was around. I know, but like normal, they there was a lot. There's a lot of different versions of English. I mean, it might have been old English at the time, but but either way, know, it's a movie. He would know what he was saying more than likely yeah. to an extent. But it's a movie. He wasn't like, "Yo, yeet skirt." That would have been bad. Like, you know. Yeah, I know. So Indy grabs the right Grail, drinks from it, and says, "You have chosen wisely." 
And so they rush out and they dump the grail water on Henry's wounds and his gunshot and in his mouth to heal him from the internal bleeding, I assume. And all of the Nazis and the Thai soldiers are like, peace out. I'm not here for that. And they leave. And Elsa grabs the cup and she's like, it's ours, Indy. Yours and mine. And she goes over the seal that the the Grail said, the Grail Knight said, you can't take it from here. You have to leave it here or take my spot. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. So Elsa starts taking it across and then there's starts having like an earthquake inside the Grail chamber. Mm. And like the earth just splits in like 10 spots. And Elsa goes for the Grail, falls through a cliff and is hanging on by one hand to Indy and trying to grab the Grail on a ledge. And this is where her uh, ambition and pride are her downfall. Indy says, I can't hold you. You got it. You have to grab me with the other hand. And she does not. And her glove slips off of his hand and she falls to her death. The biggest thing to take away from this is don't wear gloves. Especially leather gloves. True. That's my biggest advice from this movie. But also. I like it. Mm-hmm. Then the roles are reversed and Indy falls right as another piece of rock gives out from underneath him and Henry grabs him and he's going for it and he can he can get it more. He can, he's touching it more than Elsa could. He actually could grab it if given enough time but his dad's also slipping. And he says for the first time in his entire life he calls his son Indiana. The name he would like to be called for. And then he looks at his dad, and his dad says, let it go. Everything that his dad has worked for, he's saying that his son is more important than that work. And that puts him to his senses. He grabs his hand, pulls him up, and that's that's it. Like, they're, this whole, like, grail part of his life is done. Mm. As they're leaving, uh, Henry sees the grail night. And I assume, so they're leaving... And stuff's like breaking and stuff. So I assume at some point the grail falls from that cu- uh, like ledge it was on and like shatters or like gets crushed. Yeah, or just lost to, because, to eternity, right? Yeah, well, because the um, grail knight in the very last like frames of seeing him, he starts to like sh- like sink down and like like die. Oh, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, he like he's standing there and then he like kneel, he lands on his knees and then you see his body just go like down and shrink mm. i can like, see that i mean because well if the cup is destroyed i assume that all the magic is just not magic but the eternal life power mm-hmm. is just like it's gone too so whatever whoever reaped from it right because then that explains why indy and his dad don't live forever because they did drink from it right yeah yeah mm-hmm. they did but they you have to keep drinking from it that's true and uh, the yeah. grail knight was also 700 years old so mm-hmm. having the cup destroyed he would probably die immediately yeah, that was probably the only thing sustaining him. Mm-hmm. So, they get outside, and the Grail Temple is gone. There's no more. And he asks his dad, what'd you learn? And his dad uh, says he is uh, he is enlightenment. That is what he did. And he tells Indy, don't feel sad about Elsa. She thought she'd found a prize. She didn't know what she really had. So it kind of like gets Indy off of like just lost somebody that he 
could love. Because if, if she would live and she was better, I bet they would have stayed together a little bit. Yeah, probably. They were a pretty good match otherwise. So then uh, Henry says, Junior, let's go home or whatever. And Salah says, what's this, like, what's this Junior? What's his name? Henry Jones Jr. I like Indiana. We named the dog Indiana. <laughs> you were named after the dog? Mm-hmm. I had fond memories of that dog. Fun fact, the dog at the beginning of the movie that he runs past in his house, that's the same breed of dog that George Lucas named Indy and got the inspiration for the name of Indy from that dog in real life. Oh, okay. So, like, he had a dog named Indy, and then he ra- he created the character and called it Indiana mm-hmm. from the dog. Right. And it's the same breed in the beginning. So, it's great. Like, this movie is full of just, like, Inside jokes, if you know what you're looking for. So, uh, Marcus says, Henry, Indy, I know the way. <laughs> Smacks his horse and he falls sideways. And Henry says, got lost in his own museum, huh? Indy's like, yep. And they ride off in the sunset on the final Indiana Jones film ever. The third and final one. Except they made a fourth one and... A fifth one? No, a fifth one, yeah. But it's, this movie is so interesting because it ends on a, the horizon being at the bottom. It does. Which makes it. A reference to the Fablemans. <laughs> interesting. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. The Fablemans came way after. Yeah. It's a reference to Spielberg's history. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kind of, both ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Watch the Fablemans, you'll get that reference. Yeah. And watch our review. I feel like we've plugged that so much it was I mean, a good it is, review it is a Spielberg film it is a good review too yeah we learned mm. a lot and after all of this that's it that's, that's the our, plot summary that's the plot summary and all of the details that I can remember off the top of my head mm. wow there you go oh I need a drink <laughs> <laughs> the uh the deep dive that I had was from the the last scene in that it's like it's so powerful to see someone who's worked their entire life have this like very thing at their grasp. And it shows that the pursuit of knowledge is never in its end enough for you. And even if you pursue all this knowledge that you need, or you think you need, and you pursue all these things that you want that in the end, it it won't bring you what you want. It's about the people that you have and it's about your relationships. Yeah. So that was the big takeaway I got from it. Oh but yeah, I've seen the movie so many times that it, it not as many as you, but I've seen it a lot, and to the point where the deep dive is, I'd have to do research. I've never done research on it, but I yeah. mean, just a, an overarching theme, you know. Well, like, in the you've seen it so many times, I've seen it so many times, but the still the point of the movie is not lost on you. Mm-hmm. You yeah. get it every time. Yeah, it's still it's still there. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have any deep dives, Kenny? I don't think you do, unless you do. You haven't does. seen, you haven't seen the movie before. And, but if you do have something, let me know right now. I do, actually. Uh, hmm? I have two. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited to learn. Uh, so, actually, it's technically three things. So, when I uh, you told me to look something up. Yes. So it's uh, the puzzle that Indy has to solve to get to the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Um, the Breath of God mm-hmm. okay. is the first one. The Word of God is the second one. Mm-hmm. And then path of god 
Okay. Is the last one. Okay. Okay. I knew the first one had something to do with breath. Yeah. The, 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 the wind that yeah. blows. Yeah. Um. So, fun fact about my my deep dives. Mm-hmm. I actually really didn't have any coming into this. <laughs> However. That's why I. That's why I figured you didn't have any. <laughs> you were just say right now. You're like, actually, I didn't have any. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> no. However, my deep thoughts came in basically when you started talking about some of the plot and giving like fun facts about it mm-hmm. and something you had you just said. So uh, the first one um, is a fun fact and then a deep a deep thought and just that. Um, so when you when you said um, and this was like way early on like uh, ri- like about River Phoenix mm-hmm. and Joaquin Phoenix yeah. getting stabbed mm-hmm. um, and they were like you're like if there was some club the Viper Room. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny because um, I watch a, a TV show um, called Ghost Adventures. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen and, that. And they did a episode at the Viper Room. Oh, wow. And actually, so I don't know where you stand in all of this, Nick. You you can. I've never seen it. So okay. It's okay. All right. It's an interesting show, though. It is interesting. Um it's not for some people. Um, yeah, skeptics go away, but yeah, if you're interested in ghosts, yeah. Um, so they actually they were actually there, and they actually um, got evidence of Joaquin Over talking. River? No, Joaquin. Joaquin's alive still. Oh, he is. That'd be River. No, River Phoenix died. Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker in Joker. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then it'd be River then. So yeah. whoever. Okay. But his brother was there when he when he got stabbed and died. Okay. Big well, rib. Anyway. It'd be River then. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know who wrote that article and said, Joaquin is the one who died. Then they're absolutely wrong. <laughs> yeah, they actually yeah. couldn't be further <laughs> from the truth. Yeah. He's <laughs> only got, like 50, 48 maybe. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. so they got evidence of oh, River then. Okay. Awesome. I stand corrected on my deep one of my deep dives. Actually, Dang. actually the, the person who wrote the article stands corrected. You oh, just were we misled. proved yes. them wrong. Exactly. Okay. So thanks for that. Um. So, and I think the... We were talking about like the, one of the some of the themes. Um, yeah, um, I'm not trying to steal what you said, but it's like pursuing false idols and gods gets you nowhere in life. Yeah, and so and basically that's what the the, the Nazis were doing. They were pursuing this holy grail, if you will, of you know the cup of, that Jesus drank out of in the Last Supper. It's like it's just a cup at the end well, of the day and pride and greed are your downfall uh, and right exactly and, and it's you don't need to be pursuing that there's you know there's other things i'm to not gonna try and get too much like philosophical into philosophical this. and all preachy here but there's only one thing you should be following in life and mm-hmm. so yeah no I, there's a lot there's a lot of themes throughout the movie oh, like a lot sure. and we could go but. on for this for like Days, maybe? Days, but we don't have the time. No. <laughs> or the energy. No, and some of us have to work in the morning. And it's getting no. It's getting pretty late. And some of us have a long drive home. <laughs> yes. So, uh, let's... Uh, do you have any more deep dives? Any more tidbits? Any fun no. facts? No, that's all I got. All right. Let's go right into the ratings. What is your rating, 1 out of 10? Um, I would give this a solid 8. Um, it was really good. Um... Uh, I, I would watch it again. Um, it wouldn't be like one of my first picks. Mm-hmm. 
for a movie, but if it, if it was on on TV, I'd probably turn it on. Interesting. And, and watch it. Um, if I were to go out and buy a movie, it wouldn't be my first choice. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I was looking for a good a good thriller, mm-hmm. heck yeah, I'd pick it. Mm-hmm. Nick, it's an eight and a half for me. Eight and a half. It is. It's got. I got fond childhood memories from it. I love Harrison Ford as an actor. Um, it's the the action in it is fabulous. The comedy is there. Um, mm-hmm. the dialogues really well done. There's a lot of just secret things you can find throughout the the movie. Uh, I enjoyed the Lego sets as a kid a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I wish I had some, but I played the game, so I mm-hmm. kind of got it. I didn't get to play the games, so there you go. You had that, and I had mm-hmm. the actual sets. But yeah, anyways, I really enjoyed that, and I actually have the Lego Indiana Jones games now, so maybe I could play that. But you should. They're they're still a great mm-hmm. time even to this day. Mm-hmm. And with this being my favorite movie of all time, and we have talked about it for a very long time, and I know so much. Mm. It's obviously a ten out of ten. This <laughs> Probably is the movie. Yes, if I could, if I could give a higher rating, I would. But this is probably this is our highest rate rating of a movie. Yeah. yeah, ten out of ten, and so yeah, this movie has changed my life in so many ways. It got me into filmmaking. They don't make movies like this anymore because they don't use practical effects all that much anymore. And no more Nazis. Yeah, well, there will be in this new movie. The main villain are Nazis again. Only in Indiana Jones, apparently. Yes. Yep. So. <sighs> Freaking Illinois Nazis. It's true. Maybe they are Illinois Maybe Nazis. Maybe this time, time, yeah. <laughs> well, well, the college that Indy teaches at is Chicago. So if there's, if there were, so if Donovan was in Illinois, mm-hmm. so he was, was an Illinois Nazi. Yes. Confirmed. The Blues right. Brothers were right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got their day in court, and now they're dead. Oh. Well, yeah. He especially is. Yep. Yeah. All right, guys. That was uh, it from us today on Cup of Joe and a Show. Yes, it is. And this might be Nick's last episode for a while. Who knows? Mm. We'll try and get him back on. And if we can't, we always have other people. We'll go and kidnap him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go all the way to Ohio. Mm-hmm. It'll be good. It was a good last crusade, gentlemen. Yep. It was solid. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Stay see caffeinated. Ya. Always stay caffeinated. See you. Hey, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you did, you should go check out the rest of our episodes on our website at ccflugnutspodcast.com. You can also listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. Follow us on our Facebook and Instagram pages by searching the Lugnuts Podcast Group. Thanks for listening, and remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we.